The reading this morning is from the Gospel of Mark. When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around the front door that there was no longer even room for them, even at the front door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning them in their hearts. Why does this fellow speak this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace and peace to you all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our focus as a church this fall is space for community. Space and community, two really rich concepts. And neither is present at the beginning of this story from Mark's gospel. There is no space. There are so many people, it says that there was no room at the door, not even um, in front of the entryway. And I don't see community either. See, just because people share a space doesn't mean they share a story or a sense of belonging or a common purpose. Instead, I imagine that everyone there is there for themselves. Everyone's come to Jesus with their own individual agenda. And this isn't necessarily bad. They're coming to see Jesus after all. I'm not going to get mad about that. But imagine for a moment, if you showed up to see Jesus with the hopes that he would focus on your problems and found that you had to compete with a crowd of others to even get close to him. My guess is that you wouldn't feel like you were a part of a community. My guess is that you would see others as inconveniences, people who are getting in your way. So yes, you've got this crowd of people and they're together, but they're only thinking of themselves. And so there is no community, only people who are annoyed by each other. I don't know about you, but I feel 
like I could be part of that crowd. Right now in my life, it feels like there's still so much that's on hold or up in the air. All of the news just demoralizes me. And I'm isolated from people and activities that I love. It takes more energy for me to do fewer things. It is stressful right now. And when the stress gets this big for me, I find that my vision gets this big. My capacity gets this big. My compassion and patience and ability to go with the flow, they all get this big. I find myself clinging to a sense of control and predictability. I find myself swimming in the deep waters of my own insecurities. I feel myself become more rigid, wanting to get my way, wanting to get what I want, placing that at the center of things. So soon it seems to be the only thing that there is and everything and everyone else feels like an inconvenience. I like cooking. It, the, the process of it actually brings me joy. And so this past Tuesday, I made myself the bargain that if I could work through the day without distraction, I would make myself this really involved, really delicious Middle Eastern meal where you have to deep fry a bunch of cauliflower and eggplant and hand grind your spices and make a broth from scratch and tie towels around your pot lids to mitigate the moisture levels. This is exciting stuff to me. And the bribe worked. I was really productive all day. And so I poured myself a glass of wine. I laid all my ingredients on the counter, turned on a, a, a soundtrack, greatest salsa hits, right? That's my cooking music. And a knock came at the door. A friend of ours had walked a mile and a half with his three-year-old daughter to surprise us and hang out in our backyard. And I saw him and opened the door and went, yay, it's so good to see you. And then my friend pulled something out of the stroller and said, we brought you zucchini from our garden. Each zucchini weighs five pounds and we want to share them with you. And I was like, oh great, now we got to get rid of a ton of zucchini too. I could not receive the gift of his presence, nor his zucchini. I was too brittle. I was too shrunk down in myself. It didn't matter that he had walked a mile and a half with a three-year-old. I was the one who was inconvenienced. I had no space within me to handle disruption. And community is always disruptive. Look at Mark's gospel. 
You've got this crowd of annoyed individuals. And then you've got this genuine community. Five folks coming together down the road, working with one another, sharing a burden because they love their friend. And what do they do? They tear a hole in the roof. They disrupt the flow of the day. They disrupt the private agenda of every disgruntled person in that crowd with love and concern for their friend. And that's what community does. It tears a hole in the roof. It blows things open that we were hoping would stay closed. It lets in new light and new air. It creates space for forgiveness and healing and restoration. It's good, but it really is a disruption and an inconvenience. Yet, this disruption of community is where Jesus' healing and transformation and new life are made known. Consider this. In this story, no one who comes to Jesus by themselves, for themselves, is healed or changed in any way. The only one in this story to get healed is the one who is brought there by his friends. Mark tells us that it's their faith that Jesus sees, not the faith of this man, but the faith of his friends. And that's what launches Jesus into action. And to me, at least, the lesson here is clear. The way God works is through our neighbor. Think about it. When we say the Apostles' Creed, this confession of who God is, we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church. We say it every week. The Spirit shows up in community. We are part of the way that God chooses to show up in the world. The God we have chooses to be made known when we gather. When we, our sense of purpose and belonging is extended. When we are coaxed out of our self-sealing spheres of our cares and concerns. God shows up to us in our neighbors who tear a hole in our roofs so that new light and new air get in. In many ways, the people in the crowd around Jesus are right. We are inconveniences to each other. But that is a blessing. That is the point. That is how God shows up to open space within us, drawing us out of ourselves into the world and into God's presence to heal us and restore us and forgive us. Can you imagine how different this story would be if the crowd of people understood each other this way? 
not as obstacles standing in each other's way, but as blessed inconveniences. What healing might have been achieved? What power? What transformation? Thank goodness for these friends who show up. They show us two millennia later a different way of being in the world, a way that knows and trusts that God is found in community. In different times, the rest of this sermon would be pretty straightforward. I'd encourage you to be like those friends, right? (laughs) To think about who it is in your life that you are meant to reach out to and have faith for. But I think about our world. I think about where we are today, what we're all living through, and who God is calling us to be and what God is calling us to do. And I wonder if we are less like the friends who take on more work and more weight, and we're more like the man on the mat. Sure, most of us can walk, but we are still frozen and overwhelmed by what we are living through. And what if we need right now isn't a call to do more and take more responsibility? What if what we need is people whose presence in our lives carries us into healing and forgiveness and new life? People to gracefully disrupt our shrinking vision blowing a hole in the roof of our worried and insular thinking. As a church, we think that what God is doing right now in this time is inviting us to be blessed inconveniences to one another. And so this fall, we are asking you to think about your days and weeks and ask where you are meant to find space for community. We know it. We know you are not getting the kind of organic, life-giving connection here at worship that has fed you and given you life. And so we have built other spaces for you to come into contact with each other and draw each other out of whatever small story you're living through into the big story that God writes with all of us and through all of us. And there's a lot of opportunities for you to do this. We've got Sunday morning coffee hours, Monday conversations about the Bible, Tuesday conversations about equity, places to pray on Wednesday mornings and evenings, on top of all the activity and faith groups and youth programming that we have already. We simply want each of you to join one of these spaces this fall and see what happens. Not all of them, simply one. I know it's a big ask. We're all exhausted and reluctant to take on any more than we have already. Even as a pastor, even as someone who gets paid for doing this, there's part of me that doesn't want to give up all my evenings. But I know that these inconveniences are blessings because they will draw me into community 
and community will draw me into God's presence. And I trust that it will be true for you too. So don't sign up because you feel like you should or to be good or to do more. Do it because your roof needs a new hole. Do it to let your roof get torn open and new light and new air get through. Do it because community can bring your vision and compassion and ability to go with the flow from here to here. Do it because it might be the way that your friends bring you to Jesus. This past Tuesday, my friend's surprise visit tore a hole in the vision I had for my evening. And I've got to admit, at first, when I sat in the backyard with him, I was bitter. But eventually, I relaxed into our time together. I got to hear about his work and his family. I got to see how his daughter is growing and picking up vocabulary and developing an imagination. It was good to be together, holy even, a blessed inconvenience. It wasn't what I had planned, but it was what I needed because his visit and his presence took me from here to here. And I couldn't have done that on my own. And the next night, I ended up making that Middle Eastern dish garnished with a homemade yogurt sauce. And in that sauce was shredded zucchini. And it really made the meal. Amen.